speaking of the Bible, why don't we do a long reading out of John chapter 1, starting at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Amen, church. Jesus is painted as the creator, the first missionary, the one who's gone out into the world to seek orphans, us, those trapped in darkness, bringing them into the family of God and into the light. Today, looking at the names of Jesus in Scripture, we're going to examine the phrase, light of the world. The first words we have from God's mouth, let there be light. Now, that's not a coincidence. I have many discussions with atheists. It's something which I do, and I respect them and enjoy the discussions. And they have a lot of problems with the first bit of Genesis. And and I tell them, have you ever thought about reading it, not scientifically, but theologically? And perhaps that might make a difference, and that always intrigues them a bit. Some of them have said, for example, how can, you, how can you say let there be light when this is before any stars, any planets, any suns or moons and the like? And first of all, I don't have a problem with independent light if God wants independent light, but let's, let's go with it for a minute. What if he's not saying let there be light like this? What if he's saying I'm sending Jesus? Let there be light. The description of the world as formless and void uses the same words, by the way, that the prophets used to describe their state when they were in captivity. They would say, we are empty, we are void, we are oppressed, and they would use the same words used in Genesis 1 to describe the world in chaos and in darkness. I find that fascinating. Without the light, without Jesus, the land's not fit for humans. Let's, let's not play with political correctness here. Every place Jesus goes, the light comes on. And everywhere he does not, it does not. While there are other religions who are full of love and like to, like to love their people and, and feed the poor and the hungry, there is one religion that where it goes, women are honored and freed. Men are given rules of grace and kindness and love 
and children are protected, the orphans are fed, the poor are looked after. There's one who walks in and turns on the light. If you don't believe me, I'd ask you to read some history books or just pull out a map and point to where Jesus is and where he is not and talk about the conditions in that place. The more we stand in the light, the more we can be assured that those around us love the light, the farther away from chaos, formless and void we are. John chapter 8 and verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This world is still a dark and chaotic place. We still need a light that saves us, a light that drives back the demons around us. Think about the light coming into your home as light coming on in an apartment in a city. Now, no matter how clean you are, and you can be scrupulously clean, if you're in an apartment in the big cities, you're going to get cockroaches because they get everywhere. You turn on the light, The cockroaches rarely sit on the counter saying, turn that off. (laughs) They scatter. When Jesus walks in, the demons have to walk away. Remember in Mark chapter 1, he just goes to synagogue, goes to church, and a demon meets him there. Don't be surprised because some people do go to church already fully equipped with the demon. And so Jesus walks in, there's a demon, and the demon immediately starts screaming for Jesus to get away from him. If you're afraid of demons, get close to Jesus. Seems to make sense to me. We have been called to be people of the light. Look at Psalm 27 and verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Be a person of the light. Be a child of the light. Just as a tan marks those that have been out in the sun for a lot of time, or calluses marks the hands of those that work hard with their hands, we should be marked by being in the light. It should shine out of us. John chapter 12 and verse 35 says, Get it while you can. You're going to have the light just for a little while longer, he said. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. The man who walks in the dark does not know where it's going, so put your trust in the light while you have it, so that you may become children of light. Throughout the Old Testament, by the way, the word light is used to represent the presence of God, and darkness is used to represent his absence. God has come to us to bring us light. Now that seems to be a a duh moment. Well, of course he does. But you know, that's just not as obvious as people might think. The scripture even says, God is not the author of confusion. I love light because it removes confusion, such as trying to navigate a house in the darkness. Now, when we were first married, my wife, darling lady, uh, this is her first house too. It was an apartment. And therefore, she kept rearranging the furniture. Now, back in those days, lads and lasses, you only had one phone. It was tethered to the wall. And it always rang in the middle of the night. Now, you get to find where the furniture is. And it wasn't fun. 
But I didn't want to tell her, stop moving things about because she's kind of cute and I, I didn't want to blow it this early. So I decided I needed to be subtle, very subtle. I think you'll agree this was quite subtle. Uh, I knew she was going to have to come from the bathroom down the long hall into the kitchen. Along that long hall was, uh, was, was where our bathroom was. She was coming from the bedroom, rather, and she would have to pass the bathroom. So I went into the bathroom, left the door open, got on my knees in front of the toilet, like this. She walks by and she says, Patrick, what are you doing? And I said, I'm just thanking the good Lord this thing's nailed down. Um, <laughs> subtle, subtle, yeah, subtle, I think so. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a master of that, by the way, um, and humble about it. But the fact is, in the dark, you run into stuff, you fall down things, you find where the kids left the Legos. It is not pleasant. You want the light, unless you're doing something wrong. There's a reason why some, some places of entertainment go dark. God says, don't go where the darkness is. And if, where God comes, he makes things plain. And by the way, that kills the whole concept of, you know, there are hidden codes in the Bible. No, there aren't. Jesus didn't come and die on the cross so that a few of you would get lucky with a code book. He came to tell us the story. He came to save us. God wants you to see him. He wants to draw you near to him. In fact, Paul even would go so far as to say there are no godless people because he's talking to a bunch of pagans on Mars Hill and what does he say? He says, you don't have to look for him like he's far from you. He's here. But there are people, while they are not godless, they are blind. The English poet Stuttered Kennedy wrote, when Jesus came to Birmingham, they simply passed him by. They never heard a hair of him. They only let him die. For men had grown more tender, they wouldn't give him pain. They only just passed down the street and left him in the rain. We think, well, we wouldn't kill Jesus. I would submit walking past him and ignoring him is just as bad. The light, don't be blind to the light. We have been given every opportunity to see Jesus. John chapter 1, verses 14 through 18. The word became flesh. He made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. By the way, don't you love it that the past tense is used there? God's already given us grace. Just access it. Just hold on to it. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. It's already happened. It's already been done. It, it always reminds me of those people that uh, every so often will pop into my office and they will say, I want to know what the will of God is for my life. And I'll say, why in the world would you want to know that? And they, they're a bit shocked because they thought they were asking a holy and righteous question and I'd be quite impressed. But I look at them and I say, are, are, are you already doing everything you know God wants you to do? That's a trap. Because they have to say no. 
Because if they say yes, then they're not humble, and I'll bust them on that one. So they'll say, no, not really. And I'll say, then why are you asking for more if you're not doing what you know? Go love each other and love God. When you've got that down and you've run out of people to love, come talk to me. Because that's really the message. And I know you might think, well, that sounds awfully harsh. No, no, no. It's the opposite of harsh. Because harsh would be, you need to give more, you need to work more, you need to volunteer more, you need to pray more, you need to, and start piling the burdens on. Jesus came and said, no, love God, love everybody else. Go. That's your job. I'd say that's enough to keep us busy. In the Dead Sea Scrolls, they found a scroll entitled, The War of the Sons of Light and the Sons of Darkness. That sounds like an interesting book, doesn't it? Fact is, each of us send our children and ourselves into that war every day. We're not to cower. We're not to retreat into our safe enclaves, which are not all that safe. Every community that is withdrawn and said, we shall be safe within our community, whether they've been the Essenes, the Shakers, the Amish, or whatever, have found that all we do is develop more sets of problems by being isolated. God didn't say, be afraid, don't go into the world. In fact, Jesus said, I'm leaving these in the world, and the world hates them. You be with them in the world. Instead, we should be like Nehemiah. Go into the world. Take the risk. But whenever they come after you, and people said, they're coming after you, Nehemiah said, should a man like me run away? Or should someone like me go into the temple to save his life? I will not go. The heroes in Hebrews 11 were called heroes because they didn't love their lives so much as to shrink from death. So we go. We go right on out. We just prepare our kids. It's, it's great to prepare your kids, by the way, and you should. You know, to send your kids out into a meadow to play for the day and you give them a sandwich and a bit of water, that's very nice, unless there's a dragon in the meadow in which case they need a bit more preparation. I can remember driving. My daughter was about 12 at the time. And I said, Kara, one of these days, you're going to be off in university or school somewhere, and somebody's going to tell you that there is no God and that you're just a cosmic accident of the universe. And you're going to need to know how to answer them. And she said, oh, I've already got that sorted. I said, really? What are you going to say? And she said, as soon as they start with that, I'll be just saying, oh, yeah, right, bucko. And I went, well, um, first of all, ever so proud. Second, <laughs> you might need details. So you prepare your children. Get them ready. But we don't run. God's consistent love and care will not leave us in the dark. He is more solid and reliable than anything else in the universe, and he calls us to be lights in the world reliable lights Ephesians 5 and verse 8 for you were once darkness but now you are you are light in the Lord live as children of light brothers and sisters you've heard me say this so often you might be tired of me saying this uh, but you're not through hearing me say it in this political time we have in any struggle we have ISIS this job loss that whatever it is 
When the world gets darker, we don't cower and go into our caves and scream, where is God? When the world gets darker, our job is to shine brighter. So shine. Some people will say, but won't that make you even more of a target? Well, as Job showed us, when all hell breaks loose, it might be because you're doing the right thing. Do the right thing. God is calling us out of the world and into the light, but in, out of the world's way of doing things while we stay here and shine. Philippians 2 and verse 15, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 5. So that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault and a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. You are all children of the light, children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. Were you ever aware of how often the scripture speaks in terms of light? And when it speaks of light, it speaks of Jesus and the way he shines through us. My wife has one of those mirrors that if you walk in and it's flipped the other way, it magnifies. I don't know why women have those. That's not what I want to see. Walk in and you're thinking, you know, is there something in my teeth? Aha! You know, and, and you, you know, when did Shrek come? You know, that, and you get frightened. Sometimes light shows up your scars. But friends, scars are just tattoos with better stories. We all bear scars from the battle between the sons of light and the sons of darkness. Some of you have been beaten down and overrun by the sons of darkness. I get that. Sometimes when we're too scarred or too wrinkled, we shrink away from those mirrors. We're, we may not quite be the elephant man, look it up, but we, we hesitate to look. God says, no. When your souls are tattered, bruised, torn, and broken, don't find a dark corner. Walk into the light of Jesus. In John chapter 3, 19 through 21, and we've moved through this lesson a little fast because we gave extra time, and, and deservedly so, to, to worship and to Franktown Open Hearts. But I'm going to ask uh, Mark, if you could bring your team back up. What we're going to do is start bringing this to a close because we have Bible classes here fairly soon. The fun does not end. Some of your kids uh, probably even got to visit several parts of the building today as they tried to find the youth thing, but uh, we will make sure that they all return. You don't need to go home with the same kids. It's the same number. That's, uh, that, that, that does help simplify things. Would you stand with me, please? John chapter 3, verses 19 and through 21. Would you read it with me? This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be plainly seen plainly, sorry, that was me, that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Live in the light. This world needs Christians to shine. Shine.
bring the people into the light of Jesus Christ. For grace has already been delivered. You've already been adopted. You don't have to bang your head against a wall and hope you're saved. You're saved. So shine.